This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. All right, hour two, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Michael Wilkerson is back with us. He is author of Why America Matters, The Case for New Exceptionalism. Welcome, Michael. How are you? Hi, John. Great to be back with you. I appreciate it very much. Twelve predictions for 2023. Don't know if we'll make all 12, but let's get started. Yeah, you want me to go through? I'm happy to. You know, we just kind of grouped into thoughts about the economy and thoughts about the world around us, all the stuff that's going on internationally. For the economy... I yeah, I was just going to say, let, let, money's always a good place to start. Let's start there. <laughs> all right, let's start there. So one prediction, which is that uh, inflation will return. That we're not done with it. You know, today we had a uh, CPI print lower than last month, down with a six-handle now from a high of 9% in June. But I argue that it's likely to go back and later this year, somewhere between 8 and 12%. There are a number of reasons for that. One of them was a related prediction that we're still in an energy crisis that we haven't seen the worst of yet. The other is China's reopening, which is going to drive a lot of uh, of issues. And then labor markets are pretty tight, and there's a lot of pressure on costs for suppliers. So I think there's a reason to think that we may, may not be through it. At the same time, I argue that we are heading in this country at least into uh, recessionary territory going into 2023. We're seeing a lot of uh, indications, forward-looking indicators in the housing markets and uh, increasing corporate layoffs, other things that are going on. So I am concerned that uh, that we're going to have some economic headwinds coming up. Uh, well, and, and really quick, Michael, d- stop you for a moment, because, you know, depending upon where you're at in the country, you've probably already experienced some of that recession. I mean, let's face it, 2022 was not a banner year for a lot of individuals. No. Now, it was difficult, especially in the first half. And then, you know, they said, oh, no, it's not really a recession. It's just a you know, technicality that we're down in GDP. The back half of the year was a bit stronger. But to your point, it really depends on who you are and where you are. Right. And one thing I will say is it's very clear that for most Americans, for working class, middle class folk, uh, it's getting pretty rough. And, of course, inflation is driving that. You see it in rising credit card balances and, right. and depleting savings accounts, both of which are not, not great signs. Yeah, I think we would be... You know, I think we'd be really dumb, and I think sometimes the Fed is when they you know look at some of the numbers and data and things that are out there. Of course, Fed lives on on uh, Wall Street, not on Main Street. But if you're on Main Street, you, you know, at least for me, you're you're hearing and seeing and experiencing experiencing these things firsthand. Yeah, that's right, and and this is why when it comes down to things like inflation, 
government and citizens are on opposite sides of what they want. Mm. Obviously, inflation costs uh, you and me a lot in, in our purchasing power. Right. Uh, even though it's down you know, month over month, we've lost 15% in our wallets, the purchasing power in the last two years. Governments have exactly the opposite position. They want inflation, especially when there's too much debt, like we have in the U.S. right now, because that helps reduce you know, the real cost of that debt uh, over time. So they want to they uh, inflate it away. But it's a tax on us, and, and that's why it's a terrible thing to have allowed to happen. That's right. All right, and the energy crisis, uh, let's talk about that, because I, I, like you, I think that we're not through with that yet. We've seen a lull when it comes even to oil prices. That's just because demand is low, and you and I both know that as soon as demand starts to come back, you're going to see those inch up. We're not going to see any any type of reprieve when it comes to natural gas or even electric prices. We're seeing that across the board here in Colorado. We've already seen a 30 not a three, a 30% increase in the cost of energy in Colorado when it comes to heating and, and lighting your home. I don't think that's going to get any better. Absolutely. You've hit on one of the biggest inflationary factors over the last year is the cost of electricity. Again, region by region, it's different. Believe it or not, Colorado doesn't have it as bad as some parts of the Northeast that were up, I believe, I want to say 50 60%. Wow. Point being that that is you know, what's, what's really hurting uh, people at home. I don't think we're through the worst of it for a number of reasons. I mentioned China's reopening again. That's really going to push a lot of demand for oil and other things. But, of course, you see what's going on in Europe now. We still have, well, they may not have had as bad of a winter so far as, as feared, and they did get some gas in the tank. Uh, the underlying issues are the same. Well, what are those underlying issues? Just like the U.S., Europe has p- pursued this green utopia, this view that we're going to move as quickly as they can off of traditional energy sources. And they've now come to the point where they realize that that was a terrible mistake, but it's going to take them too long, you know, a while, several years to get back. Think about it this way. Germany used to have one of the biggest and best and cleanest coal industries in the world producing their electricity. Mm-hmm. They started to decommission that. They went off of nuclear. France also leading nuclear power, very clean uh, Half of their plants were decommissioned or out of service last summer when they had rolling blackouts. So they see it. They see the problem. Germany now realizing what a folly to have put themselves in the hands of their historical enemy, uh, Russia, and, and relied on, on them to supply them. The problem, And then, of course, in the U.S., you know that we've regulated ourselves out of our refining capacity right. so that we no longer, even though we've got plenty of, 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 of energy oil underground, uh, getting it uh, transformed to diesel, gas, jet fuel, everything else, we're, we're at the lowest level we've had of refining capacity since 20, uh, 2014. Nope, you're exactly right. Real quick, along those lines, Russia, and I know I don't want to you know, get off on a tangent or, or you know, get off someplace that's not even something we were going to talk about today anyways, but I just want to get your thoughts given that you're, you know, you're a good predictor. You're looking at things correctly. I think you, know, you, like me, you look at the data and you look at things and where are things headed and so on. Do you ever see Russia coming back on the map being a strong global power that they once were? Do you ever see that coming back for them? Well, I think it's very challenging right now because it's pretty clear, and I'm you know, no fan of Putin, no fan of Russia, but what you see happening is that, uh, and I hate what's happening in Ukraine, but it's very clear that, that Russia is now the number one enemy in the minds of those in government here in the U.S. and in many countries in the West. And you know, just with the sabotage of Nord Stream pipeline going into Germany, uh, that clearly wasn't Russia, although everyone was quick to point the finger at them first. They did not self-sabotage mm-hmm. uh, their own economic lifeline. That, somebody in the West did that. Uh, I've written about that elsewhere. My view is that as long as they're in the crosshairs of NATO and the West, which is whether it's the reality or not, and I think it is, that's certainly how they perceive the situation, that it's unlikely that they're going to uh, be able to be the power that they need to, that they have been historically. 
Uh, on the other hand, they're shifting their alliances now. They're turning away from yeah. the West, turning towards China, turning towards other allies, India, Turkey, Iran, etc., the BRICS, South Africa, etc., because they realize that uh, they're going to have to find an, uh, an alternative to, to Western Europe. Along those lines, I, I, I watched an interesting interview earlier today, and again, I, I don't put a lot of stock in future predictions and even certain interviews and so on, because again, it's just somebody looking, you know, sort of trying to get a crystal ball look at what's going to happen down the road. Although there was some, there were some great things that were said and things I hadn't really thought about. And this particular uh, individual's, and I wish I would have got his name, I'll, I'll try to be more prepared next time. It was just something I just watched in passing. And, and the reality is, in this particular case, this gentleman is predicting that China is actually in a lot worse shape than everybody out there thinks. They're not the powerhouse they want were once were. They've got huge issues on the mainland, everything from a dying population to now a health crisis with, with COVID because they haven't handled that all the way, you know, they haven't handled that correct, correctly all the way through. Just many, many other factors that is going to make it really difficult for China down the road, including the fact that they are behind, technologically speaking. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. I wrote in Why America Matters on this issue, and I also included it. You'll see it in my 12 predictions. I said something to the equivalent of China continues to bark but does not bite at Taiwan this year. And the reason is the reason you just said. Their uh, shows of strength, their threats, their intimidations belie this underlying weakness, weakness in their economy. Uh, weakness in their uh, social fabric. You mentioned the health issues around how they, you know, as a result of trying to pursue the zero COVID policy and locking everyone up, they have not achieved the herd immunity that the rest, basically the rest of the world has now achieved, right. and they're and it's overwhelming their healthcare system. There is social unrest that the government is trying to deal with and suppress. So, I, you know, for these reasons and many others, you know, plus the fact that they are very dependent still on the U.S. as mm-hmm. the largest trading partner. Uh, I don't and, think and, for, for, you know, and one of those being food, we need to make sure we remind everybody of food is, is one of the biggies. That's right. That's absolutely right. So, so I, I think they will continue to bluster and you know, act tough, but part of it is they are very much internally weak across a number, a number of measures. Does that help our inflation or hurt it? Well, China's reopening hurts it uh, because, again, it's just taking demand of you know, supply. It's already constrained in many areas elsewhere. Um, they have an inflationary problem as well yes. that you know, they have done something similar, which is they've created a, a debt-fueled bubble. Uh, you know, they, they put yep. in a lot of housing that, that didn't belong. They, they, they so, are where and, we were before 2008. Yeah, that's exactly right. Big issue centered in housing. They have a lot of banks. The government is effectively holding up that they have no capital, no real capital. Uh, they're not reporting accurate numbers in the banking and financial system. So that's a good, good analogy. It's, it's akin to what the U.S. was going through in the mid-2000s. Okay. Uh, the housing market is levitating on thin air at the moment. All right. Keep going. I'll let you finish. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off on a sidetrack there. No, no, I think that was, I was just wrapping up on the China point to say that I think there are, there are much deeper issues. You know, the inflationary issue, and I've talked about this before, and I talked about it in, in Why America Matters, is, you know, really, while a lot of it was about supply chain issues post-pandemic, I believe that the real issue here is that since uh, 2007, the United States has tripled its money supply from roughly yep. seven yep. and a half uh, trillion to uh, 21.5 trillion this year. All that money has to go somewhere. So that's why you've seen these asset bubbles, you know, rising values and, and on, on Wall Street, 
uh, and prices rising everywhere else because, you know, all is equal. If you have three times as many dollars chasing the same amount of goods, mm-hmm. prices are going to rise to meet that. So it finds a, kind of an equilibrium home, and we haven't reached it yet. And that's why I think, uh, you know, we're likely to see uh, at least high single-digit inflation for the next, it's called a medium term, next uh, three, four years. Okay. Uh, good prediction. And if that, uh, I, I guess I should ask. If that continues, what do you think the Fed does as a response? Well, the let's problem face it, is, they're, they're about out of tools in the toolbox. So let's talk about that. You know, in the in the nineteen seventies, early eighties, when when uh, Fed Chairman Volcker came in, he did something very radical. But it was it was the cure for inflation. He just let inflation, uh, interest rates rise. There was a very sharp period of recession, unemployment, but it was over quickly. He just took the pain and got it done. We can't do that today. The yeah. difference is, at that time, the U.S. had no debt. Today, we're, we're drowning in $31 trillion and growing of national debt. If he lets interest rates rise too much, the cost of financing the U.S. government just becomes unsupportable. So actually, the tool that was available a generation ago is not available today. So they're really stuck here. I, I agree. And, and I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just, again, I, I could be completely off base. Um, I... I I don't know. I, I don't know what they do next. The reality is I think they've got to keep their interest rates, you know, street rate. And I'm not talking what they do as far as Fed funds, but I mean street rates have got to stay below 10%. They've got to stay in the single digits. If they start pushing above that, I think we've got really, really serious issues. Well, I, I have a prediction as to what they do, which is that I think when the trade off becomes really high unemployment or really high inflation, governments always and everywhere choose inflation because the other results in social unrest and you know, violence in the streets mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. So they will go for what appears to be the lesser of two evils, which is to allow inflation to run hotter longer. I think you're, I think you're exactly right on that. All right, I got maybe a minute left or so. Give us one more prediction. Um, let's see. So we talked about energy crisis. Let's, we talked. One of the things I talk about is the rise of resource nationalism, and the okay. idea here is that you know through the pandemic, through lockdowns, one of the things we realized that it isn't just America, but countries all over the world realize how dangerous it is to rely on potential adversaries mm. for your strategic yep. resources. Yep. We talked about Germany's reliance on Russia. Think about America's reliance on China for medical supplies, devices, pharmaceutical products, all the stuff we realized during the lockdown that we didn't have the ability anymore to produce. Well, countries all over the world are waking up to this. So we're in an era that's almost a deglobalization. Uh, supply chains are shifting. Alternative uh, paths to resource uh, security, food security, energy security, whatever it might be, are happening. You know, oddly, unfortunately, in our own country, in the United States, we're not choosing a path of energy security, which is energy independence, which is totally in our power to do it. But nonetheless, I think we're in an era of not just America first, but France first, Japan first, mm-hmm. as all these countries around the world rethink their strategic relationships. Which, if they did that, us especially, we would find ourselves really uh, being able to rebound economically very well because instead of outsourcing a lot of the things that we could be doing internally that, you know, granted, it may create some inflation in some different areas, but ultimately to become independent of other countries for the basic needs of our country is a good thing, Michael. It is a good thing. So you could almost imagine there is a good kind of inflation, which yes. is when the economy is running well and there's growth, real growth in the, in the real economy, as opposed to you know, stagflation, you're seeing rising inflation and rising unemployment is you know, clearly an example of bad inflation. All right. Again, uh, he is author of Why America Matters, The Case for a New Exceptionalism. Michael, what's the best place for folks to you know, buy the book and, and learn more about what you have yeah. going on? 
Easy to remember, just go to whyamericamatters.com for the book, whyamericamatters.com, to find out more about all of my uh, writings, media, etc. You can also check out stormwall.com, one word, stormwall.com. All right, perfect. Appreciate it, Michael. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air is coming up next as well. Connor's going to join us real quick. Connor, give us an update on what's going on at Absolute. John, we're just rocking and rolling 2023 off to a strong, strong start. Awesome. So uh, what kind of, uh, I, mean, I guess I could say you've got great financing. I know there's some deals to be had. Uh, you know, main reason for folks to call you right now, I know we need to get a winter checkup going on, but anything else? Absolutely. So so really we're, we're still running our, our $59 maintenance checks uh, that is special to the KLZ listeners. Um, Isaac's uh, nailed on these a few different times about how we're checking over your full system. Um, giving the best options for you moving forward. And if there's nothing nothing fixed, nothing to go after, we stop it there, give you some options, and, and we're good to go. Otherwise, we do have some specials. If you're looking for something like a new new system, new furnace, we are offering $350 off a new furnace or a complete package that would be a furnace and AC for $1,000 off this month. Okay, perfect. Good stuff. And... Excuse me, best way to get a hold of them, folks. I've also got that right in front of me, 720-526-0231. Again, 720-526-0231. And, uh, Connor, we'll send as many folks your way as we can. Appreciate you calling in, sir. Yes, certainly. I hope everybody stays warm this month. We'll do if it, not, Connor. You know who to call. All right, man. Appreciate it. Absolute electrical heating and air. In fact, Charlie, uh, I know you can't change things around, so we'll just do this. They'll be up right after affordable interest mortgage, which, by the way, Kurt Rogers would love to help you with whatever you've got going on, with whatever you've got going on. Um, uh, Mortgage-wise, in fact, new home buyers, he's got the ability to help you out that way as well. Buy-downs, you name it. Kurt can help you with everything. 720-895-0500. Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With a 3-2-1 buy-down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913 the third, and the remaining years at 6.913, with an APR of 6.985. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month less the first year, 511 the second, 262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take AIM, 720-895-0500. Three-to-one buy-downs available up to 95% loan-to-value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV. 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of 1116, NMLS 298191, and rates subject to change. When an unexpected emergency forces you to spend a lot of money, that can be a huge strain on your family. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will take care of you and your family no matter what, offering peace of mind financing with a variety of options to meet your unique needs. 
Emergencies happen at the worst times, and because of that, when everything goes downhill, you're not always financially ready to make a large purchase. You should never have to question putting your family first, and that's why Absolute offers a variety of stress-free financing options. You can rest assured that fixing the problem today won't be a strain in the future. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air helps you meet your needs by keeping their home services affordable for you and your family. Easily schedule any service today at 720-526. 0231 or by visiting klzradio.com today and be sure to mention KLZ Radio and get a limited time $59 furnace tune-up offer for quality and service beyond compare call absolute electrical heating and air and don't forget high five plumbing folks all your plumbing needs again just give them a call put this number in your phone 877 we high five You should be flushing your water heater at least once a year. Scheduling routine maintenance with High Five Plumbing now allows you to be frugal down the line. Keep your operational costs down over time by ensuring your water heater is functioning properly. When you don't regularly flush your tank, mineral buildup can mean that your water heater loses energy efficiency, increasing your gas and electric bill. A water heater flush with High Five is an easy-to-schedule service that is cost-effective in the future. With consistent maintenance, you can even extend the life of your equipment and stave off future plumbing emergencies. High Five Plumbing can save you money down the road with simple maintenance that you can schedule right now. Get on the books today by calling 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or by filling out a contact form at klzradio.com plumbing. Make sure to mention KLZ for a free in-home water quality test and a wave service fee for KLZ listeners only. Putting reason into your afternoon drive. This is John Rush. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. We're going to get our next guest going just a little bit early. Really quick question of the day. Yesterday's during a fight or or flight a fight-or-flight response, name the region of the brain that is responsible for ringing the first alarm bell. That'd be the amygdala. I can't even say that right. A-M-Y-D, or sorry, A-M-Y-Q-D-A-L-A. That is the part of the brain. Today's impossible question is name the common yet famous kitchen utensil that was either talked about or seen on these shows. Seinfeld, Sopranos, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and the Saturday Night Live. There were several episodes of that as well. Answer that again on the RushToReason.com website. James Varney joining us now. James, welcome to Rush to Reason. You've been with us, but it's been a few years ago. You are with Real Clear Investigations. Welcome, sir. Wow, thank you for having me, John. We really appreciate it. Let's talk about the Biden administration and uh, this detailed plan for making it easier for student loan holders to wipe out their debts, which I've said many, many times is a, it's a terrible idea. It adds to our already uh, high inflation that we've got. You know, it's in an indirect way. I know there's folks that would maybe argue with me on that, but I believe that it will. And on top of that, it's a debt that's owed they need to pay. Well, it certainly is a debt. Uh, we're talking about $1.7 trillion now that's been amassed. Uh, just exactly how they're going to go about reducing that, of course, remains to be seen. That The first or plan that the Biden administration floated last year, I think it was in August, that's going to be heard by the Supreme Court uh, next month. Um, and while that is pending before the Supreme Court, it's been blocked by the lower courts, uh, they've come up with another one uh, in the last 10 days or so, uh, which is more tied to uh, how much discretionary income uh, earners have 
uh, after they finish school and whether or not you have to make any payments at all. I think it's something around uh, 225% of the poverty level. So I saw it as uh, $30,600. If you're making that or less, you don't pay anything back. So one way or another, the $1.7 trillion has a chance to go well over $2 trillion. So what we're really doing is we're rewarding, make sure I hear this correctly, we're rewarding those students that got degrees or maybe had degrees in things that really have a chance of making a good living, but for one reason or another, they're not making that money today. So in turn, we're going to, in my opinion, James, reward bad behavior? Well, that's hard to say, John. I mean, because I don't really know all the different factors that might go into somebody's income, right? But what we what we definitely can say is that the people that worked really hard to pay off their loans or those that scrimped and saved right. to, to get the money to put their kids through school, they kind of come off as chumps, right? Because yeah. if you could borrow the money and never pay it back, why would you have done the other? Why take the other route? I just no, I think that's that's very well said, and and I I know what you're saying. You don't know everybody's situation exactly, and what they decided to do as a career, and so on. Although, although, uh, I I do know certain individuals, and I've got personal experience with some where they did get degrees and things that they probably didn't think thoroughly through. Somebody even probably gave them bad advice along the way. They ended up with a degree that just does not put food on the table. And so now they've got this huge debt that goes with that degree that really, at the end of the day, doesn't help them make a living. So I guess as a taxpayer, I'm on the hook to write that check. Yeah, that is frustrating. Uh, and, and look, a lot of this debt that we're talking about has been amassed from community college and, and places like that where kids have come out and for whatever reason uh, haven't been able to, to get very far ahead. But I also saw a story just this week with a retired English professor from Yale, and he was talking about how, you know, an English degree from Yale isn't really opening <laughs> that many doors. So you're right. It, it's difficult sometimes to match up what you think you want to study in college with what you're going to do to, to, to make a career. Well, and, and I guess, given the fact that I never went to college, I got into my own business at a very early age and have been self-employed uh, for a very long time, and that's the path that I chose. And you know, I guess I had early on my own business debts and things I had to take care of and do and so on. And by the way, James, nobody came along and bailed me out or wrote me a check or said, hey, John, you know, sorry for your circumstances of where you're at, but you know, here's a check for X amount of money to make your life easier. James, no one ever did that for me. Those are choices that I made that I had to live with. And I guess I look at this in the same manner, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, but geez, you mm-hmm. made this decision. You signed on the dotted line. Pay your own dang debt back. Well, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from there, right? Because it really doesn't matter where you, or excuse me, what you borrowed the money for. Uh, if if you're not going to teach kids growing up that if you borrow money, you got to pay it back. I mean, that is not the kind of life lesson that we think college or or any other kind of experience ought to be teaching our kids. No, we're we're sort of making it like, and I, and I see the things that are out on social media and the different articles that are out and so on. And I realize there's a lot of individuals out there that feel like. You know, these kids were somehow duped and they didn't know what they were doing and they never should have signed on the dotted line and so on and so forth. And yet, I I don't know. Again, James, I, I look at all of that and I think, well, wait a minute. If they signed on any other contract, they'd still be liable for it. It's no different than anything else. If You know, if you want... You know, if you want a seat at the table because you've now turned 18 and you can do these things and enter into, quote-unquote, life, should you not be responsible for it? 
Right. I, I get where you're coming from exactly. And I, I don't know how much of this debt that we're talking about was amassed by the predatory lending and all that you just mentioned. And there are these for-profit schools that I know have gotten money. But you also got kids that have borrowed substantial amounts of money to go to a state university or a private school, and perhaps they're majoring in modern dance or something. I don't know exactly what you're going to do with that degree. I mean, I think the other problem that we've had, though, with this is that let's say you and I are going to buy a car, and the car's $40,000, but everybody is going to, the government's going to lend me $45,000, and everybody knows that. Well, then the guy that's selling the car is going to make it cost $45,000. Correct. So, well, and, and I also want to make sure people are fully aware of this, because I don't think people really do understand this. I've I've had kids go through college. I've watched how some of this works. I, I probably have more of a firsthand knowledge of this than most. And, James, what most people don't realize is it's not just tuition that you can borrow money on. You can borrow money for room and board. You can, buy it for, you can borrow it for books. You can borrow it for food and living expenses. Bottom line, you can borrow it for whatever you want to, and you determine how you're going to spend it. Well, I mean, that was actually what my most recent story was about, was the, the refunds that kids are getting on the loans. So and that's the difference between whatever you borrowed and it goes to the school. The school says, okay, it costs $4,500. Let's say this semester your loan was 5000 Here's $500. Right. And then, you, as you were just describing, you could use it for whatever you wanted because nobody can police that. We Correct. can't ask the concentrators to track everybody's spending. And the Department of Education doesn't even know how much of the total is, is going out in refunds because they're only tracking the total amounts that they lend. I mean, I think so as a taxpayer, that's the biggest thing that, that chaps my hide is knowing that we're going to be forgiving a certain amount of this debt, knowing that it really didn't even go to a college for actual education. It went for Lord knows what, James. I have no idea. Neither do they, by the way. No, they don't. Uh, now, you know, we should stress again, we don't know exactly what percentage of the loans is gone to this gray area. But let's say it was 1%. That's uh, more than $800 million last year. Right. It's so a lot, it's a lot uh, of money. That sort of talks it up as another government waste. Yeah, I, again, I, I look at all of this, and I know these were campaign promises, and it's a way to garner votes and so on. I, I just... I. To me, this does nothing but add to the continual national debt that we already have that's $32 trillion and climbing. Yes, it does. There's the, no question about that. If they forgive these loans, then the amount will, will just climb. And I think it's unfortunate because I think you would probably find wide support in the United States for people making college more affordable, getting more people with college degrees, presumably that will make for a better educated, a better trained, a smarter workforce, et cetera. But if we just got all these tens, hundreds of millions of dollars sloshing around that's unaccounted for, that's not a sound. I said years ago, there's one way to fix this, James, and it's really not that complicated. It's not a whole lot different than the way the SBA works. Now, I'm, I would be one for just eliminating the government being in student loans altogether, period. Just get them out of that business. That's why the costs have, have you know really gone up exponentially over the past 20 years. But if we're going to have them do it, then you know what? It should be done exactly the way the SBA does. If the institution... You know, it, let's say, say for example, it's twenty thousand dollars a year to go to school there, so they get a loan. You know, they get the student to get a loan for twenty thousand dollars. As far as I'm concerned, the institution should be on the hook for at least twenty, if not twenty-five percent of that loan if it's defaulted. And let me tell you what, James, we'd fix things overnight if the schools were on the hook for some of that. 
Well, I think that's a great idea, John. I mean, I think you're right. That one of the big problems here is that the colleges have no skin in the game at all. Zero. It's just... Yep, they have zero skin in the game. If that student defaults, they've already been paid. They don't. In fact, James, I'll go one step further. They don't even care if the student is successful. They've got their money no matter what. Well, I, I can't speak for the schools. I mean, I do think if you and I were running the school, we would want our students to be successful. But you're right, they've been paid. So that money's out the door, and it's into their coffers. And as you and I were talking about a moment ago, the price has gone up. Yep. Because this money is available, it's on the table, and unfortunately, the government has become the sole, really the sole provider of these loans. That's right. And they've got tax stops. That's right. That's exactly right. Totally. James, how do folks find you, sir? Uh, Well, my stories, as you mentioned, are at Real Clear Investigations. It's a part of Real Clear Politics. It's the website. It's available to everybody. Uh, it's all free. It's at www.realclearinvestigations.com. You're awesome. James, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it very much, sir. Sure, John. You bet. Take care. Have a great night. Golden Eagle Financial is up next. Speaking of finances, folks, you need to make sure you got somebody on your side helping you, guiding you, teaching you what to do when it comes to retirement. That's Al Smith. He's got another seminar coming up. There was one today, another one coming up January 24th, 303-744-1128. You've spent your entire life working hard to provide for your family. Make sure your family will be provided for with appropriate life insurance and proper asset management through Golden Eagle Financial. Ensure that everything you've worked for doesn't end up being a crutch for your family. They should be well informed of what to do when you pass, so your lifelong hard work doesn't go to waste on expenses, bills, and funeral costs. When you plan proactively, you're also ensuring that your money is expertly positioned so it has a higher likelihood to work favorably for your family. Working with Golden Eagle Financial today will give you the peace of mind that they will be provided for later. Get a fresh look at your financials for your family today by calling Golden Eagle Financial, 303-744-1128, 303-744-1128, or visit klzradio.com slash money. Advisory services offered through Foundation Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered advisor. All right, folks, Extreme Auto Repair, keep that vehicle in top working order. Tires are sold at cost, and don't forget they can shine up those headlights, make them nice and bright so you can see in the dark. 303-841-1071. You have a warranty on your vehicle's battery, but when you go to replace it, they still expect you to pay a prorated replacement fee. That's not a warranty. Extreme Auto carries batteries backed by a five-year guarantee and with no proration on their battery warranty. Should the battery that you purchased with them fail within that five-year window, Extreme replaces it, no questions asked. The staff at Extreme Auto has these batteries in their own cars because their prorated free five-year guarantee is the best deal around. In most cases, Extreme Auto can do same-day service, and for your convenience, Extreme Auto offers loaner vehicles and towing services free of charge for their customers, so they can quickly get you back. Back on the road. Replace your car battery and get the assurance you need with a battery that you can trust will last. Give Extreme Auto Repair a call now to set up a battery replacement on your vehicle today. That number, 303-841-1071. 303-841-1071. Or write them a message at klzradio.com slash extreme. All right, Kay, in our home transitions, Catherine and Robin. And again, if you've got even a family member transitioning and doesn't know exactly what they need to do, Catherine and Robin are more than willing to help out in that situation. Just give them a call, explain it, and they'll give you all your different options that you've got. 720-437-8210. You're nervous about selling your home because you don't know what you're up against. 
Cat and Robin of K&R Home Transitions get you up to speed on your competition. As your realtors, they'll drive you around the neighborhood so you can fully understand the competing properties in your area. K&R also actively monitor your competition using the NMLS, and they can even give you daily updates on any changes. Sometimes you'll even tour listings that are similar to yours, so you can see the differences in how updated the home is, the size of the yard, the floor plan, and other perks that may give you the upper hand for your listing. Get to feeling confident about selling your home with Cat and Robin. They know how to take the emotions out of stressful situations. Get two experts for the price of one and take advantage of your free consultation with K&R Home Transitions now at 720-437-8210. That's 720-437-8210. Or fill out the contact form at klzradio.com slash home. K&R Home Transitions, powered by Worth Clark Realty. You're listening to Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Hey, I have great news, Charlie. I just got a notice via email from Anthony Bucci. He is a senior officer at Homeland Security in New York. They were doing a check of a container yesterday, and they happened to find a box with my name on it that's got $10.5 million in it. We just hit the jackpot. I, I may not be on air tomorrow, folks. We, I might just call it quits if I got ten and a half million bucks coming in. Uh, this is actually an ad for Denver IT Security because, folks, this kind of stuff comes in constantly. And if your people working for you don't know how to handle something like this, in other words, delete, um, this is how things get going and leads to other things that you just don't want in your business. So, anyways, Denver IT Security, yes, you need to call them and avoid all of that nonsense, because while that sounds really great, it's not. Speaking of something that sounds great and is not, Colorado voters might be asked to forego their future Tabor refunds so the state can boost school funding. And you guys already know my feelings when it comes to funding of schools. They have too much money as it is, far too much. But yet that is the catchphrase that's constantly used every single election we have so they can raise more money. It's all for the kids. It's all for the children. Yeah, look at, yeah, Charlie just said in my ear, Para. Para's a big one. Holy cow. Para, which is the uh, basically the retirement funds for all state workers, including teachers. So, yeah, you may see there's two Democrats in the legislature that are planning as soon as this week, which would be today or tomorrow, to introduce a bill eliminating future taxpayer bill of right refunds. That's Tabor. And, of course, our side is just up in arms over voters in November. They're going to they're going to try to get this on the ballot to waive their future taxpayer bill of rights. Now, in Colorado, we have bipolar voters. Typically, we don't vote, we collectively don't vote for tax increases. This, in essence, would be one. Because you're going to give up the checks that everybody just got, not courtesy of Governor Polis, by the way, before this last election. That was courtesy of Tabor. I think he swindled some things around a little bit and had it sent out a little bit early so he could get credit for it prior to the election, but that was a Tabor refund. 
So if you want to give that Tabor refund up and have it go towards education, and by the way, here's my thought. You could already do that if you want to. Go to your local school board and write them a check if you'd like to do so. You already are with your property taxes anyways, but if you want to add to it, be my guest. But Rachel Zenzinger, who, by the way, is nothing more than a communist out of Arvada, I mean a total, total communist, who, by the way, has never worked a real job in her life. That one you can go look up for yourself if you don't believe me. She's never worked a full day in her life. The other state rep that is that is uh, organizing this is Kathy Ripp. She is a Fort Collins Democrat and a former Poudre, Poudre Valley School District board member. I would, I would have to go look up her history to see what kind of a, a job history she's had. Most Democrats have not. They've been in some sort of board role, membership, they've worked for government or something along those lines. Typically, they've never written a payroll check in their life. Kip says, we need to pay our teachers. Actually, Ms. Kip, we do. I don't know if it's Ms. or Mrs., by the way. So, Ms. Kip, I, 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 we do. We need to fund our schools. We do. We do not fund our schools adequately Tabor is a part of that. That is total BS. Total BS. And we need to be calling folks like this on the carpet when they say things that are flat out wrong. We do a great job of funding our schools in this state, by the way. In fact, as I've mentioned a couple of weeks ago, in Jeffco, Denver County is doing the same thing. We've closed schools in Jeffco. And in turn, Jeffco wants more money because they've shifted school, you know, they've shifted kids from one school to another, and in turn, they now want more money from you, the taxpayer, me. I'm, I'm a Jeffco resident. So they want more money from us. And frankly, it's not deserved. As I've, I, I did an entire hour on this not that, not that long ago, talking about how if they were really smart, they'd sell off their resources of those schools that have been closed, put that money into their coffers, and we wouldn't have to be going back asking for more money. We are going to see less students in schools moving forward because our population is diminishing. Our birth rate is down. We, we don't need any more funding for schools, folks. Bill and Northland, go ahead. Uh, you know, where all the uh, funding for these schools is going to para. Yeah. I'll bet that that other person, uh, I'll bet she's probably got a para pension. Well, Rachel would have one by now because she's been a legislator long enough, so yes. Yeah. I yeah, don't know so about Kathy do Kip. I don't know how long she's done it. Yeah, do the math on that. 2.5% for every year served, plus mm-hmm. we got to buy years in service, plus cost of living the rest of their life. Who right. gets that kind of money? That's where your money's going, folks. Yep. This para. You've got to get rid of this para. But they've got a stranglehold on the state Senate. They've got a on the state House, on the Supreme Court of this uh, state. The governorship. Don't forget that one. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, Bill, we we have really not a snowball's chance of stopping any of this nonsense. That's the problem. That's that's why I keep reminding everybody elections have consequences. And this is where we're at. Liberalism is a mental illness. Yep. And you'll notice that in this state, ever since we went to the mail-in ballots, mysteriously, the uh, Democrats seem to be winning big. Why is that? Well, I think that's part of it. I also think, Bill, that if you just look at the influx of people we've had move into Colorado and where they've come from, yeah, handwriting's on the wall. 
So they screwed up California, so let's come out so here. So come and here and do it, it again. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, because yeah, really, Bill, if you look, if you think about it, even places like Mesa County that for years were deep, deep, dark red, they're not so much anymore because people are moving over there as well. Yeah, and bringing their liberalism with That's them. right, which I don't understand. To your point, it's a mental illness, Bill. You leave a place you don't like because you don't like the way things are, but let's bring the exact same things we just left to the place we're going. That's mental illness. Yes. And then uh, let's maybe start banning gas stoves and, yep. and banning natural fuels. By the way, they're not from fossils. They're no. naturally occurring. They're, they're, so they, and they natural, replenish themselves yeah. on a regular basis, Bill, as you know. Yes, and it just oozes out of the ocean. That's floor, right. Even if we did nothing. They'd be there so anyways. natural fuels. Yep, you got it. Do they want to call them fossil fuels. But uh, maybe all these liberals could uh, pull the little gas line out of their house there and, and put a windmill up. Let's see how see they, how they like this. that. Yeah, good one, Bill. But it was you know, negative uh, nine here a couple weeks ago. <laughs> That's right. Although the wind isn't blowing, I guess you're, you're not going to be I guess you just uh, bundle up, buttercup. That's right. Yeah, good That's one. Right. Bill, thanks, as always. Appreciate the phone call. And he is right, and he's the one that taught me years ago that being a liberal is uh, really it's a mental illness at the end of the day. Solar Energy Partners, we just talked about energy, by the way. If you want to lock those prices in, you can do that. Protect yourself against future increases. Call Alan Davis today. See how you qualify, and if it does work for you, 303-378-7537. Every month is the same. You see the balance on your power bill and you feel months worth of compounding anxiety around your cash flow, inflation, and now another electricity rate increase. Alan Davis with Solar Energy Partners has a plan to save you money and proactively ease your anxieties in the future, too. The first part of his plan is to help you lower your power bill with solar energy by about 40% over the next 30 years, usually saving you more than $1,000 in the first year alone. By choosing to work with Alan, you're making an investment that saves you money and stress for years to come. The second part of his plan to save you money is to help you get away from the big power companies that keep increasing your rates. The third part is to eventually get you into a place where you pay nothing for your electricity usage. Call Alan Davis at Solar Energy Partners now to learn more about how he can save you money on your power bill. Set up a consolation appointment today, 303-378-7537, 303-378-7537, or visit klzradio.com sun. American National Insurance, my good friend Paul Lewinberger, would love to help you with all of your insurance needs, save you money at the same time. 303-662-0789 is his number. Think beyond the short-lived New Year's resolutions. Make long-term goals that stick with Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance. After reviewing your insurance, you realize that you want to save money, but you still need all your items properly covered. You don't want to make the mistake of devaluing the time and money you put into earning the assets that you're covering. Reward your long-term thinking and responsibility by working with Paul Lewinberger. His rebate program allows you to get back 25% of what you paid in premiums three years ago, helping you stay accountable to the goals you're making now. Paul rewards longevity, so when you make sure your assets are properly covered and you don't use your insurance as a bank, you get to reap the rewards of your responsibility. Stop expecting instant gratification and create a plan that you can commit to. Call Paul with American National Insurance right now. 303-662-0789. Again, 303-662-0789. All right, Michael Bailey Law, mobile estate planning, anything you need when it comes to your estate, Michael will come to you. Talked to him yesterday. He's busy. He's about a month out, so I would suggest you get that appointment made today, 720-394-6887. 
Protect your kids from the guesswork. Without a clear legal document describing your wishes, your kids may be left trying to interpret what mom would want them to do. Instead, tell them clearly what mom does want by writing it down with Michael Bailey Law. KLZ's mobile estate planner understands how life can get in the way, so he's made the process as painless as possible. Book a virtual appointment online. Find a link to Michael Bailey's website at klzradio.com slash estate. All right, Roof Savers of Colorado, Dave Hart. I actually talked to Dave today because one of my commercial buildings has a leak in it that I was uh, notified of yesterday. So send Dave up, get that taken care of, and that's how that works. Anything you need when it comes to your roof, whether it be fixing, replacing, extending the life of, you name it, Dave can help you. 303-710-6916. The last thing you need on your mind while trying to find the perfect gifts, fight traffic at the mall, and see all your loved ones is whether your roof is going to hold up against Colorado wind and snow. Hi, this is Madison Hart. And I'm Elizabeth Hart. Not ready to replace your roof this winter? Call our dad, Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado, and he may be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a rejuvenation treatment. Because it is a 100% plant-based product, there's no need to worry about your family. It's safe for kids like me. As a full-service roofing contractor, our dad can also replace a damaged roof. Not even hot cocoa tops that. Sleep in heavenly peace this season by gifting yourself a new or rejuvenated roof. Call our dad today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com to receive your $200 discount. You love your office. It's where you do your best work. You're productive, so you're on a roll when your printer stops working. Ugh. You open it up, but you're not a technician, so you can go get the part, but the store down the street is out of what you need. You could also watch a video online, but none of them really make sense to you. And then you're out of the flow. Now imagine that all you had to do was make a phone call. Your service technician is in your office with everything they need to get you up and running again. One phone call and business equipment service was able to solve the problem for you remotely. BES customers stay productive by buying or renting office equipment from a company that has earned their trust. That's because business equipment service works around the clock to make sure that you can do your best work. Stay productive with sales, solutions, and service from business equipment service. Get back in the flow. Go to BESofColorado.com. Live and local, back to Rush to Reason. All right, we are back, and Dell is up next. Dell, go ahead, sir. Hi, John. How you doing? Good, sir. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm not mistaken. Two thirds of our property taxes goes to the schools. It's about three quarters. So yeah, you are correct. Yeah. And what about all these programs that they? Con the people to vote on. It's for the children mm-hmm. to get them to pass. Like what was it? Uh, I think the marijuana bill was for the children. Yeah, because they were expecting all of that uh, revenue from the taxes yeah. to go to the schools. Which, by the way, Dale, as you know, has not happened. Yeah, I agree. But yet, I say, the minute they say, the minute they say it's for the children, they lost my vote. Yeah, uh, I, I thank you, Dale. I don't know that I thank you. I. Don't know that I can argue with that. That's probably a really good uh, litmus test is if it says that, has that wording in it, it means don't vote. 
for it. In other words, it's an, it's an automatic no vote in that particular case. Uh, Dell, you bring up a really great point. Dell brought up another good point, which I said earlier, but not in the uh, in the actual figures of your property taxes. If you look at your bill, your assessment in your bill, and even if you haven't looked at it for this upcoming year, you can always go on to the county assessor's site, type in your address, find it there. It'll tell you specifically based on all the different mill levies that are there, what you're paying for. In other words, what percentage of your taxes is going to what? Fire, school, and so on. It's really not that hard. You know, county services, city services, and so on. It'll tell you specifically how much percentage is going to each. And I would venture to guess that for the majority of you listening, I know for me, it's about 75% goes to the schools. That's a lot, folks. And it's, in my opinion, far more than they need. Now, you all know my feeling on public education in the first place. We, we spend way too much money across the country, but here in the state of Colorado especially. We're up to about thirteen to $14,000 a student, depending upon what county you're in. It's far too much money. Far too much money. And for those of you that would like to challenge me on that, prove me I'm wrong. You can educate a child for a lot less money than that. And I have to use the term educate very loosely because these are indoctrination camps, not educations, not schools. Prove me, prove me wrong. When your student exit public school, if you have not spent the majority of time while they're in school deprogramming them, reprogramming them with the things that you want them to believe and learn and understand about life in general you will not have the same kid exiting public school as what you did when they entered when they were in kindergarten. Trust me when I say that. These are not education facilities. They are indoctrination camps, and they are doing everything possible to take that young mind that belongs to you, by the way. They don't see it that way. They think that mind belongs to them, and they're doing their very best to educate them in that manner or to to program them in that manner so that they will do the things they want done, not the things that you as their parent wants done. So that's a whole other show in and of itself that I'll probably do here in the not-too-distant future because it's a really big deal. Mark Mix will be joining us here as soon as we come back. Don't go anywhere. we got another full hour coming your way. Uh, again, one, one more full hour. Mark Mix and then Scott Garlis will join us at the 430 mark as well. So, guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Hour number three is next. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.